This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some big news coming out from the Pentagon. The U.S. military has performed airstrikes in Syria. This is a very, very big deal. This is the first time that we've seen from the Biden administration, especially in a long time, any response to these attacks that have been coming from Iranian proxy groups. We know that they have been targeting U.S. bases in Syria and in Iraq. And we're just coming down just literally a few moments ago that U.S. warplanes hit Iranian proxy forces, the same ones that they believe have been hitting the U.S. bases in the past week. There have been as many as more than a dozen strikes on U.S. bases in Syria and also ones in Iraq, and all tied to Iranian proxy groups that have been definitely uh, trying to draw the U.S. in and targeting U.S. forces, injuring also a number of U.S. military men and women. And we're just coming down just a few moments ago that F-15s and F-16s by the U.S. military were involved in these strikes, uh, that they were hitting Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, uh, that there were two locations in Syria. And this is the U.S. response to the recent Iranian attacks against U.S. bases. Uh, also, a uh, word coming out from the Pentagon that they have said we are not trying to instigate anything, but if these strikes continue against U.S. bases, more action will follow. This is an enormous development with the U.S. military now hitting two facilities in eastern Syria used by Iran and the U.S. calling it self-defense attacks. They say we are not going on the offensive. We do not hope to be pulled Further into the conflict there in the Middle East, which is, of course, a tinderbox, as we know. But they say that we had to do it to send a message to Iran. Do not mess with the United States of America. This is an enormous development. And it is probably the first time in a long time that we have also seen President Biden, who had to sign off on this military action, take some response to Iranian terrorist activities. They still are not saying that Iran is, quote, directly involved with what happened with Hamas, the terrorist attacks on Israel on October 7th. But they say that Iran clearly is supporting all of these proxy forces and is behind these attacks that we have seen on U.S. bases in Syria and also in Iraq. So this is a big, stunning development. Uh, it came after a day or two 
uh, where we've still continued to see tepid language from the White House and from the President of the United States. So the fact that he has actually taken military action now, hitting two facilities in eastern Syria used by Iran, where they were doing training and also development and tactics by Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, this is an enormous, enormous development. And the question is, what will Iran do in response? Is this the message that Iran needed to hear to stop targeting U.S. bases? Does this potentially drag the U.S. into further conflict there in the area? Because we know a few hours ago, close to a 1,000 U.S. troops were sent to the Middle East. Uh, the State Department and the Pentagon made clear that those forces were not coming in as combat forces, that they were not going to Israel, but that they would be in the region. And it very well could be tied to what we are seeing now. We also know, of course, that the USS Dwight Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group is in theater. We know that a number of other ones are in theater. And we also know that Israel has been saying that they are preparing to go in on the ground. This is a stunning, stunning development that now U.S. military, again, getting the AOK from President Biden himself, who has been very tepid with Iran and very tepid at even calling out Iran. But in the last week or two, they have been mentioning these attacks on U.S. bases and now saying that this was, quote, a self-defense strike to go after these locations. The Biden administration finally going after Iran and sending a message, do not mess with American troops. Your thoughts, everybody. This is a big day. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Where do you think this leads the United States now? And are you concerned that the U.S. could get further pulled into the conflict now that they have taken military action against Syria and particularly Iran and the Syrian forces? Because these are specifically tied to the Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps. Remember Soleimani, who President Trump took out, was the leader of the IRGC, was the leader of this group. So now they are going after some of the others that are behind this, that they say are behind specific attacks at U.S. bases. This is a major, major development. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe on line one. Joe, your thoughts about this, and are you concerned where this is headed? Uh, I say bravo. I'm glad that he sent a message. I just think he should have sent that message earlier, and he should have talked tougher earlier, too, as well. Rita, my love, he should have done this quite some time ago. It's been downplayed by the left wing, and I'm I'm a moderate. I'm neither left nor right. It's been downplayed by the left puke left wing media that our servicemen, my brother and sister, American military, have been taking it on the chin. An American contractor was killed. American military was severely severely injured. How much are we supposed to have taken? We have to back up Israel, and we have to pray to Christ Jesus that he protects the hostages and the Israelis can get them out. Americans, Israelis, Italians, hostages. Hamas has, Hamas has to be exterminated. That's what you do with cancer and rabid rats. 
And that's what you do because this, we can avoid World War Three if we stand up. And I heard on Bill O'Reilly that the top assistant director to Xi Jinping, the rat of communist China, not the good Chinese people, was meeting with uh, Biden. And, and why is George Soros's creep son 30 visits to the White House? Well, there's a, there's a lot there, Joe. Hold on one second. There's a lot there. And I agree with you. Let's get to the point of this breaking news. I agree with you uh, that this was an important message to send to Syria because they continue to be hitting U.S. bases and we looked weak. And I think it was important that we did something now targeting these Iranian proxy facilities, sending a message. A, we know where you are. B, we're going to stand up for America um, and I do think they should have said something sooner. I think they should have been much more clear in their verbiage. I think it's a lot too late. And I also think um, they should be just doing they could have done basic things. They could have been enforcing the sanctions on Iranian oil. There were so many different things that they could have done that were even easier than a missile strike, an airstrike coming down. Uh, and apparently it was F-15s and F-16s. That went in and did this, they said, again, solely to protect U.S. bases. Uh, they're still being careful in their verbiage, saying this is for self-defense, uh, that they are not going on the offense. They do not want things to escalate. Um, I think that that is smart at this time. But I think had he talked tougher and maybe taken some other more serious actions and even cut them off in terms of getting funding, uh, they wouldn't have been able to do the war. Uh, they might not have been able to sponsor Hamas to go into this horrible action that they took on Israel on October 7th. But I am glad, I will say tonight, that at least he did send some message to the Iranians, don't mess with the U.S. Uh, let's go to Norm, line two. Norm, your thoughts about this enormous breaking news tonight? I think it's enormous and breaking, but I also think it's ineffective. I think uh, ultimately the only thing that we, we should do is we should destroy their oil fields. Okay, this is we, we want to retain a relationship with Iran. That's what this is all about. If we wanted, if we wanted to put an end to this, bomb the hell out of their oil fields, send them to the Middle Ages, and destroy whatever weapon-making capability they have. Because we can do that. We've got bunker busters. We can destroy the hell out of whatever future nuclear, whatever future missile thing. We're the USA, okay? Put an end to this damn thing. Stop playing this game where we're playing a game now with Syria. Like, like what? They, they, need, they need more bombing? They've had bombing now for, what, 10 years, the damn Syrians, right? So there are revolutions and there are all this stuff with Assad and all that. Take it to Iran. Iran is the, Iran is the bad player. Take it to Iran. That's yeah, my that's, answer. That's a good point because, uh, yes, it is Iranian forces that are there in Syria that are part of this revolutionary guard group. There's no question that that's tied to Iran, but you're right. It's not directly taking it to Iran per se. They're still kind of walking that tightrope, as you're saying, Norm, because he's saying, uh, well, it's, we have no intention, no desire to engage right. in further hostilities. In other right. words, here's a little pinprick. We're going to send a message. I'm glad he sent the pinprick, uh, but I contend he should have talked tougher uh, to begin with. Had he talked tougher to begin with, uh, I, Iran may not have uh, pushed Hamas, which I firmly believe, into going in October 7th and slaughtering Israelis, right? Well, we want we want their oil. 
I mean, this is this is the whole thing about us wanting their oil or their oil kickback money, whatever that, whatever, you know, us and, and the European Union. OK, that's what this is all about. It's about their stupid oil. OK, and if we destroy their oil, there goes their their engine to 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 fund terrorism and to be the big willies of the Mideast. But we want them to be the big willies of the Mideast. We want them. We're, we we want them. Well, not us, but the real president, Barack Obama and and, and this this fake administration. We want to prop up Iran. We want Iran to be the big willy, to be whatever, some kind of a. Uh, an equal uh, an equal foe to Israel, and so we want to keep them around. At, at least at least the uh, Obama surviving administration wants to. Joe just wants to go to the basement and have an ice cream cone. Yeah, I mean, and you know, but but you know what's interesting, Norm? I think a lot of this also is public pressure too, because I agree with you. Uh, he seems to be so appeasing to Iran. Uh, not taking anything directly to Iran, never really calling them out. They've been just a little bit more aggressive in the, this week, but it's still so tepid. And also, just like you said, uh, this is a way to also try to appease because the critics have been very strong. I mean, if you see the press briefings in the last day or two, it's been very, very, very vocal saying, wait a minute, there's all these attack on U.S. bases. Uh, there's been what uh, now almost almost two dozen attacks on U.S. bases. The number keeps going up every day and you're allowing that to happen and you're not even responding. So I think he's also trying to appease. There is so much public pressure of people around the world saying our president looks weak that he had to do something. And this was like a little pinprick, if you will, to try to satiate some of those critics. But but it is still a bold move. Um, and I still at least give him credit to at least send some message uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if he did nothing uh, because he seems to have done nothing and which got us basically to this moment. Uh, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. are talking about this big breaking news that just came in that the U.S. military has hit two facilities in eastern Syria used by Iran in self-defense strikes because these Iranian proxy groups have been hitting U.S. bases in Syria and Iraq, many of them over the last week or two. President Biden surely had to sign off on this. Uh, so a bold move. Uh, but is it enough? And are you concerned that this is too little too late? Obviously not going after Iran directly, hitting their nuclear facilities or their oil facilities. We haven't heard anything about stepped up sanctions or enforcing the sanctions that are on the books. But this has been a hot topic, hitting U.S. bases. And in fact, just yesterday, uh, this is General Ryder at the Pentagon. Listen to this exchange when he was asked, is the U.S. basically going to do anything about these strikes by Iranian forces on U.S. bases? Yesterday, and you said again today, that what we are seeing is the prospect for more significant escalation against U.S. forces and personnel across the region in the near term coming from Iranian proxy forces and ultimately from Iran. When you say that, do you mean um, Iranian forces making direct attacks on U.S. forces? And are you seeing 
evidence that they're planning or preparing for that? Yeah, thanks, JJ. You know, I, I'm not going to get into hypotheticals at this point. I, I think my, my words speak for themselves in terms of, you know, we, we are continuing to see the prospect for increased escalation in light of the, the tensions uh, throughout the region uh, with these groups attempting to e- exploit that. And so, uh, you know, so far uh, we've seen these Iranian proxy groups in Iraq and Syria uh, conducting these attacks, and, and I'll just leave it at that. And now the big news that the U.S. military has conducted airstrikes on two locations in Syria. They said it is intended to solely protect and defend U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria, and they do not want to see increased hostilities. But they said that they will continue further action if these strikes continue as well against U.S. bases. A big move. Uh, your thoughts about all of this tonight. Wow, wow, wow. Let's go to Pete, line five. Pete, your thoughts about this. This is enormous news. Hi, Rita. This is, we, I said last week when I spoke to you, this is World War Three. We're involved. Um, American people were killed, massacred, and even, who knows, maybe even raped. We got to do something about this. Iraq has been our enemy since when they took the hostages. Once when I was working at NBC and I used to sit at uh, one of the hostages that was missing his desk, that they had a memorial for him in the uh, United Press uh, building, the an Associated Press building, which was right next to 30 Rock. We have to be involved. This is no joke. We have army bases here. here that uh, could be uh, infiltrated. The enemy is here already. They've come in. Not, they don't have uniforms. They could be from the uh, a guy that looks like he's from uh, uh, from uh, Egypt. He could be from Sweden. Well, and by the and way, by the way, Pete, Pete, we don't know our enemy. You are hitting a very good point because you're right. Um, many of them probably are here. We've had a wide open border and a big neon sign. And that is really, really scary. And this certainly ups the ante right now. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel. And how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great men and women in uniform, A very powerful story coming from Tampa, Florida, where a man is thankful to be alive thanks to two police officers who were in the right place at the right time. Uh, Indeed, two officers, Officer Julius Cannon and Officer Adam Harris, jumped into action to save a man suffering from a massive stroke. Every Wednesday, the officers of the Tampa Police Department deliver meals to those in need as part of the department's partnership with Meals on Wheels. Normally, the officers knock on a recipient's door and someone answers. Well, a few months back, they noticed something was off when they heard noises coming from inside one man's house. That's when they finally 
went there. They opened the door and they noticed that a man was having a stroke. The man then was tended to by the officers. They rendered aid immediately, took immediate action. He received medical treatment for the stroke. And today, by the way, that man is doing well. And both officers are grateful that he's alive and were reconnected with him. What a beautiful story. Well, the officer said no one really checks on that guy a lot. So I don't know if he would have been even able to get aid without us being there. We just happened to be there at the right time. And for their quick thinking and perfect timing, both officers received the Tampa Police Department's Life Saving Award. What a great, great story. And boy, we need to be thankful for our men and women in blue. And law enforcement is on a high alert tonight. Of course, the main shooter, the mass shooter who took so many lives when he opened fire first on a bowling alley and then at a bar. Well, right now, as we speak, they are still at his house there in Maine, which is a little bit outside of Lewiston, which is north of Portland. And they're cornering the house, uh, trying to see if somebody is inside, potentially. They don't know if he's in there. There was apparently a suicide note uh, and some other information that was left behind. So they went back to the house. There's a lot of activity there. They also found his car near a boat ramp. And this guy is a survivalist. He is a firearms instructor. He also had a history of mental illness and was at a mental facility over the summer. So. Boy, is he dangerous. Boy, is he armed. And this is a scary, scary situation. And here is the governor of Maine uh, just a little bit ago announcing the sad news about the lives lost. 18 people lost their lives and 13 people injured in last night's attacks. And joining us now to talk about the manhunt and where law enforcement should be looking, how tough this is, is the greatest bounty hunter ever, my dear friend, Dog the Bounty Hunter, Dwayne Dog Chapman. Dog, it's so great to have you on the show again, my friend. Thank you, Rita. Yay. I know. We're reunited, and it feels so good, just like peaches and herb. There's a a song I was going to say that says that. It's yeah. so great to talk to you, my friend. And you are the best at this stuff. And and I know that you're on the scent, dog. So what do you think is happening? This is scary, isn't it? I mean, you've done so many of these amazing takedowns where you've been able to get folks all over the globe. Um, but this is tough because the guy is a marksman. He's a firearms instructor. He clearly is mentally ill. Well, you, let's first of all, you know, when things like this happen, mass shootings and all that, <clears throat> we go back to where did it go wrong? What happened to cause it to happen? <clears throat> so I think that, you know, uh, start at where in sometime in July, he was placed on a mental health hold. He went into a facility for a couple weeks, Rita, and where the ball was dropped, the first time is, of course, I, I'm I, I'm thinking because he was military that he went to the VA hospital, and so why did not the VA take his firearms from him, or his at least his permit, or at least go to his house and get all his guns? You know that he told them that he was hearing voices 
They put him in, and that's where the first mistake was made. They should have absolutely went and got his gun. Uh, then, of course, he went into a bowling alley and a bar. Second mistake, and I'm just assuming this, uh, the Second Amendment is more needed now than it was when it was created. And I think you agree, Rita. And But I don't know if, in a lot of places, if you're in a bar, you're not allowed to have a firearm. So these guys are getting smarter that do these mass killings. And is that why he went into a bar and started shooting it up and killing a bowling alley? I mean, how many people take a gun to a bowling alley? They usually take their shoes and their bowling ball or they check them out. So I think he calculated this, you know, very, very well. I think he planned it a while. I think he had a place to go, which now they're all trying to find out. And uh, this is probably, I was thinking today, how many, you know, how many decades has it been since someone has done this? And it's been a long time since somebody has been this brutal besides school school shootings <clears throat> to walk in like that and slaughter people. So, you know, we've had them in uh, uh, grocery stores, Safeway or whatever it was, uh, you know, McDonald's, movie theaters, everywhere. So it's looking more and more. It's graduating higher and higher. And it's getting worse and worse. So, you know, I recommend women and men be ready and be loaded. And that means carry a firearm. I'm sure if somebody would have had a gun in either of the places, they would have shot him and stopped and saved a lot of lives. So, you know, that's the first thing is you're not going to, Rita, you're not going to pass laws. One of my federal friends told me today. They did 600 arrests on firearms last year. 90% of those arrests were felon with a firearm. So no matter what laws you've got about guns, felons can get them. So that changing laws, passing laws, uh, you know, is not going to work. It's only going to disarm the good guy and the bad guy still going to have the gun. Well, and also, so, and I'm sure you know this dog too, like in a, in a country like Switzerland, uh, they have almost every resident there has a gun. They have a very low crime rate because they respect it. They're taught at an early age to respect it. Um, you know, also enforcement for crimes. That's the other thing, you know, all too well, my friend, that it's this revolving door where the bad guys feel that they can get the guns easy. They're back out on the streets. I mean, there's so many issues. And you're right. There are a lot of people, you know, even at the White House today, it's, okay, ban assault weapons. Uh, they're not looking at all these issues that you talked about, especially in this case that led to this moment. I mean, how could a guy who told somebody, it sounds like at a psychiatric facility, not that long ago, I'm going to shoot up my base, my military base, how could he be able to be out on the streets, let alone have a gun? Isn't that that there are so many breakdowns here and that doesn't have to do with assault weapons. It's other issues. Oh, absolutely. It's not, you know, of course, there's a saying that, you know, it's not the gun that kills gun, people. It's the people. 
that use the guns. So no matter what the laws were, criminals will have them. They should have took all his guns, uh, you know, should have, could have, would have. But they're, we can say that because we didn't lose a loved one in this. But I guarantee you, I'm so glad that I didn't because uh, there'd be some civil court hearings. I would be calling Marty Singer and, <laughs> yeah. Gary, Lozo, and Gary Lozo and some world. And money doesn't help. <laughs> you know, I, I talked to a lady the other day that her, her daughter was killed and the uh. guy got to death penalty. And she went there when he got, you know, lethally injected, right, and died. And she said, dog, three days later, I went to the gravesite of my daughter. And even though that guy was dead, I didn't feel any better. <clears throat> so... Nothing brings you know, them back. Uh, Nothing brings the and no, and and dog. No. We still don't know the age of the victims in this case in Maine. Eighteen people and some still in very critical. But you brought up a great point that he first went to a bowling alley. Apparently, it was youth night at the bowling alley. How sad is that? Yeah. So there may be you know some very young kids that may have been killed at that location, and then uh, the bar, uh, billiards bar place was the second. Um, this is clearly a guy who has. No care for life, um, no value of life. He's clearly, obviously, deranged to do what he did, but obviously has mental illness. That's a scary person right now to be on the run, as Lewiston and all these other neighboring communities are now in lockdown. They they canceled school today. They're canceling school tomorrow. Um, This is scary. This is someone, there's no limits with someone like this, right? Right. He's one of the worst. And you. let's go back to what you say about revolving door. You and I go back over 20 years, you understand, uh, where a lot of people don't about bail bonds, deterrent. Martin Luther King said, you know, if there's no deterrent on crime, crime will run rampant in America. They now got a hug-a-thug program, Rita, where, say, Chicago and all those, uh, I hate to, you know, I'm an independent, so let me just say, all those states that uh, you get in trouble and you get a subpoena and 70%, 70, well, it's actually 69, do not show back up for court. When a bail bondsman posts a bond, he's got skin in the game, which is money. He takes a co-signer. He goes after the guy when they fail to appear. So, you know, lawyers sued. Lawyers didn't want the bondsman involved. Because uh, so many times I was a Bosman for 35 years. And and by the way, uh, the best one out there, my friend, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Thank you. Thank you so much. And when the bonds or the lawyer, you know, they want their downstroke, you know, their, I don't know what they call it, you know. But they want, I call it the downstroke so they can represent the guy. Right. And the parents will be like, oh, we spent that on the bondsman. So the lawyers all got on this hug and thug program and thought, well, if there's no bondsman, oh, it's called a retainer, I'll be able to get my retainer. But what they didn't know is they don't need a lawyer anyway because they're not going back to court. So all these states that are doing that. Now, let me, you know, that I, uh, you know, Beth is going on five years passed away and I have been raised. Uh, Pentecostal my whole life, of course, a few years. I, you know, as you know, went to prison in the 70s, 18 months, 
But now in the last four years, I've met my Francie. She's very Christian. And let me tell you what I see. Back in the day, Rita Cosby, when God, in the Bible, when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because a lot of Christians say because they were all gay, homosexual. No. What happened was the two angels went to, this is all biblical, went to Lot's house and said, listen, Lot, I want you to get your family together. We're, you need to get out of here. God has seen that these people are cutting body parts off, worshiping idols, and God's sick of it, and he's going to destroy this. <clears throat> so as these angels were talking a lot, people lined up outside and said, ooh, la, la, who's those handsome guys? Throw them out here. We want to have sex with them. And one angel and Lot said, Wait a minute! I've got virgin daughters. Now, what would it? Yeah, where, now, where are you going virgin... with this dog? We just have a minute or two left. Where are you going with this? Oh no! People are leaving those areas, Rita, and they're coming to places that are God-fearing and justice. Well, and you People hit it on the leaving. head, right? Crime is so bad. That that yes. things are so deteriorated in so many big cities, uh, uh, many of the blue state cities. Um, and that's why, you know what, dog, that's why also getting back to this shooting and this mass shooting right. in Lewiston. This is this beautiful, idyllic community. They they came to this community uh, for safety. Right. And 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 that's why I think this is so heartbreaking. Um, we just have a uh, dog. We got a heartbreak. So we got about 30 seconds left here. Um, okay, do you believe? You, me, do, do you believe they'll get him? Do you believe that they're going to get this guy? Oh, yeah. Hopefully, ultimately. Oh yeah, they're going to get him. You know, they're going to. He'll either commit suicide, which they all do. Rita, he's another one that hears voices. There, you know, there's certain criminals that do certain things. He's to, voices told him to do this. Well, the voices end up, as you know, Rita, telling you to kill yourself. So he's either going to shoot it out, but he's a good marksman. Cops are not trained for this guy. That's why it's scary, dog. Yeah. That's why or this is so, so out. scary. Well, listen, first and foremost, we pray uh, that authorities get him. Uh, we have no idea yeah. of a motive. It may just be, a, you know, just that he's loony, but like he is so dangerous and it's just so sad. Yeah. And my heart breaks for these families, too, what they have gone through. Um, and I just hope oh, he doesn't God. hurt anybody else. Dog the Bounty Hunter, we love you. you got to come back on again Thank soon, my friend. You. Thank you, Rita. I listen to you all the time, by the way. Love you. Bye. I, and I'm listening and watching you, too, my friend, so very much and so happy for you with uh, with your new wonderful bride, Francie. And, and God bless Beth Chapman, uh, also a great, great hero and freedom fighter out there, too. Uh, for so many years. Uh, we love you, dog. Thank you. We're going to take your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. up in the next hour we are going to talk more also about this enormous news tonight uh that u.s warplanes struck iranian proxy forces in syria 
Uh, lots of developments with that. Also, as we just talked about with Dog the Bounty Hunter, uh, talking about the search for Robert Card, 40 years old, who is a firearms instructor, clearly with a huge history of mental illness. And he is armed and dangerous, and he is still at large. The whole community there in Lewiston is in lockdown. Very scary situation. Uh, let's go to Phil, line one. Phil, uh, your thoughts first on the main guy. This is scary stuff. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, having military experience myself, and I'm, I'm perfectly sane, thank God. <laughs> yes, you are, my friend. You are, Phil. All right, this this guy, I don't care how whacked he is in the head, but we've had guys in in the service who are like this. They get they get a problem, they get a bug, but the bug affects them a hundred times worse because these people are very friendly with guns. They know guns, they know how to use them. They they have advanced techniques on using these. They know every which way. The point is instead of instead of just teaching army men or or whatever how to how to use these weapons and tactics, they themselves start using the tactics on the civilian population. They they had cases like that in Nam. We had guys, one or two guys like that in Nam that bugged out and started shooting people, regular everyday people. Yeah, and you know you know what guy. you know what he said, Phil too, he said that he was angry at the army. There was some there's been reports that he left a note expressing anger that the army uh ruined his life or didn't do enough for him. Um, so he was sort of taking it out on the army. And that's why he said at one point he was going to shoot up his base, which, Phil, isn't that amazing to you now that we're learning these details? Like, how could this guy get out? That was what Dog the Bounty Hunter was just talking about. Dog was saying, how could he even how could anybody let him out of the mental facility, let alone on the street? If you know he was just in a facility talking about hearing voices, wanted to shoot up his base. I mean, this guy never should have seen the light of day, let alone have any weapons. The point is, he had the weapons prior to prior to this, and he could use them. He was very adept at using them. But the whole the whole shocking thing here is, uh, your guy also mentioned your your bounty hunter guy also mentioned the fact that he believed in a well armed populace that, that the average person should have had a carry uh, a handgun and and put this guy down. There's one problem. I've studied this. I've studied this this possibility with people, and I'm telling you, it doesn't work. Because of two reasons. Number one, you take the average person, you've got to give them at least at least six to eight months of ongoing weekly training, intense training on how to use that handgun. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, Phil, do me a favor. Will you stay with us after the break? Um, I know you also wanted to talk about what we did in Syria. I'm going to have you talk about that. If you could stick with us, we're going to go to a break and I'll carry over with you after the break because uh, your thoughts are always terrific. Much more and big news tonight as U.S. warplanes struck Syria. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some enormous news coming out of the Middle East. The U.S. has conducted airstrikes in Syria. Word coming that they struck a weapons and ammo storage facility. 
uh, two different locations, all tied to Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps. Of course, Iran has been sponsoring these proxy groups that have been going after U.S. bases in the Middle East, including forces there in Syria and also forces in Iraq. There have been more than a dozen strikes on U.S. bases and U.S. troops in that region in just the last week alone. The White House has been asked repeatedly, what are you going to do about it? You're going to allow them to keep hitting U.S. troops. And now, in a surprise move, the Pentagon has now just announced that the U.S. military with F-15s and F-16 fighter jets went in and they struck two locations in Syria and say it is a defensive move. They said they will, quote, will not hesitate to take further action if needed, but that they don't intend to as they hope that Iran will stand down. What is your reaction, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's continue with Phil. Line one. Phil, your thoughts about this big news and what it means from a military perspective. I know you're a military guy. Well, it's very simple. You do not mess with the U.S., okay? you got the 7th Fleet. You've got Marines. You've got Navy. You've got Air Force in there. You don't want to mess with them. You poke these people in the eye, they're going to bust the, bust the pipe over your head, figuratively speaking. The thing is, we need them there because without that control, without this U.S. presence there, we could, without them there, we could face a world war. We Thank God they're there. They will take out what is necessary, and they will keep the lid on the pot, if you get my meaning. Yeah, I get your meaning. Now, but let me ask you, what do you think Iran is going to do uh, as a response? Um, do you believe that there may be some counteraction coming from Iran? Uh, clearly, this is a message saying, hey, we know where you are. Uh, we know where your ammo is, your fuel. We know that those are obviously valuable uh, things that they need for the Iranian, Iranian Revolutionary Guard. Uh, these guys are ruthless, of course, led by Soleimani, remember, who uh, Trump took out. Uh, but what kind of a response do you think we will now see from, uh, first of all, Iranian troops there in Syria, Iranian proxy groups? Also, could we potentially see something coming from Hezbollah in the north, which is also another Iranian group? What about Hamas also in the south? I'm talking about they're both surrounding Israel. I, I think that they will respond in a very constrained way, but they will respond. They are going to do something, but nothing on, on a scale, a major scale is what happened with Israel or anything like that. I think they, they will respond, but and eventually they will level off. You're not going to drag them to the peace table, that's for sure. But it's going it, to they're, they're going to, they, you know, it's, they're going to smart a little bit after all this. They're going to realize that they're screwing with the, a powerful Navy and Air Force and uh, Marines. Yeah, that is for sure. I Listen, I think it's important that uh, President Biden did this. I think he should have done it a long time ago. Don't you think, Phil? Yes, but but you got to remember, you've got other people under Biden, the, the Joint Chiefs, uh, various other branches of the service, very high high-powered, high-ranking people who probably called him and went over there and, and gave, you know, written the riot act at the White House and told them, we have to engage to some extent. You can't be pro-Palestine, sir. You know, we need to put these people down and the source of their, their, their effort being Iran, 
You know, you have to put these people down. We must react and we must react with sufficient force to show them we are not fooling around. We do not want World War Three. Well, that's the scary thing, as you just so aptly said. Phil, thank you very much, because it is that dance that we don't want to have it engage us. Uh, does it up the ante? We we potentially are getting pulled into this. It certainly could. Um, and quite frankly, Phil, uh, I don't feel comfortable with this White House. Look at the way they handled Ukraine. Uh, didn't say anything when Russia was amassing troops on the border. Then he said, well, if it's a minor incursion, maybe we won't do anything. Russia goes in full throttle. And then he's been basically supplying, obviously, Ukraine with weaponry, but drip, 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 uh, not giving them, you know, the air power that they needed. It took forever. Uh, some of the planes I still have not gotten yet. Uh, many of the things have just taken way too long, way too late. If you're going to go into the war, you don't want to have somebody going uh, with one arm tied behind their back, one hand tied on their back. That's not the way to fight the war. It scares me to have this president at this moment where things are so delicate in the Middle East, just in general. What a what a scary situation. Phil, thank you. You're terrific. And thank you for staying with us tonight. We so appreciate it. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Line three. Dom, your thoughts. This is a big deal. Yeah, Rita, I was calling about Biden's escalation into Syria. But first off, I hope they catch or kill this main killer before he causes any more harm. So the reason I absolutely, call, by the way, I, I, we are praying so much for that community. Yes. Yes, I am, too. And the reason I called is that Biden or his team of, shall we say, nincompoops could be beating the war drums driven by pure politics. I don't know that for sure, but I agree that Iran needs to be kicked down a notch to keep them from blowing up the Middle East. But my problem with our involvement in this war is that politics could be playing or driving it instead of deterrence. So here's what I propose. Before launching any further missiles, they should name these missiles the Hunter or the Jimmy, just like Bill Clinton named them the Monica. (laughs) i do i do Uh, well by the way i you know uh there's a there they usually do have some sort of names or messages i think for some reason he's not going to pick those those i think he's he's hoping that we don't see it and we don't hear it and we don't think it and just like you said uh there were a lot of accusations um and i know what you're inferring to because i was covering the clinton white house during all of that that some of his strikes were, uh, you know, a deflection, people were saying, as to what was going on at the time. So that's a very interesting point, Dom, that you're making. Um, mm-hmm. As things are heating up back home and as he's getting a lot of political pressure for being weak and tepid, which he certainly is, um, they want to say, OK, well, you still need to look like a commander in chief. Uh, you're getting hammered. So um, so this could be absolutely a knee jerk reaction uh, to try to uh, bring attention over there to justify also asking for all these funds um, that they're asking for. And listen, I think we have to absolutely protect Israel. There's no question about it. But I just I am not confident that this president and this White House that has been so soft on Iran uh, can handle the complexities right now. And their soft policies, I think, in many ways have gotten us to this moment. Um, and that's what's really, really, really scary. Your thoughts? Point, Rita, if you don't mind, I'm not in, I'm not sure who's driving the Biden's car with, but it's way over the speed limit and the driver sounds 
way over the legal DUI limit. That's the problem I have with this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's a great analogy. Dom, thank you very much. You are terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Sandra, line four. Sandra, what do you think? Well, what I, I think, I was thinking how everything was so safe and peaceful when we had Donald Trump as our president, and now things are totally the opposite. But tonight on the on Newsmax, on the news ticker, I saw something that was so disturbing. It basically said that Iran is sending a warning that uh, to the U.S. that they will not be spared if this war continues. So I wonder, like, uh, I mean, are they like, do they mean what they say? I mean, you know more because you talk to all these people every day and you, you know, you know a lot. So when they say such a thing like U.S. will not be spared if this continues, do they mean it, do you think? Or you think they're they're just kind of bluffing? Now, do you believe you're saying Iran or U.S.? Because you said both there. Iran. Oh, Iran. Yeah. I I don't think they are worried. I mean, obviously, they don't want to strike on their oil facilities. Uh, They don't want a cutoff of their oil because they're making tons of money that's funding. But so far, President Biden hasn't done either. Uh, And they certainly want to keep their nuclear development But I don't think they're necessarily scared. I wish the answer was, yes, they are, Sandra, for America and for humanity. But these people, I feel like they are fanatics. Um, They see a moment here. Uh, They would love to have the U.S. pulled into battle in some way. Um, And that it's a really scary situation. You're dealing with people who are willing to die for a cause that they believe in. It's a kooky cause, uh, but they're fanatics, Um, you know, and and I I think uh, they would love to. Uh, be able to pull us in further. And that's what scares me, because also this president also came out tonight and said essentially that if um, if he gets pulled in uh, or if they do more of this, they'll also respond again. So they I think they will try to test this president, because just mm-hmm. like you said, under Trump, they were worried what he was going to do. And when they had that one strike that killed a U.S. service member, remember, right away, he said, OK, that's it. We're sending a message. We're going to send a strike to Soleimani, and that's the last strike he's ever going to see in his life. And boy, did that send a message. And you're right. At that moment, they realized that the intel the U.S. had uh, was strong. They realized that President Trump uh, was not to be messed with. I think we have cut this under this president. We have cut Iran so much slack that it's very hard to recoup. Even if you try to act tough now, where have you been all this time? You were just about to release $6 billion to Iran. So even if you do do a strike now, it's a bit of mixed messages when you haven't enforced the sanctions, when you're still sending tons of money uh, that somehow is still probably ending up in these Iranian proxies. All of these things, I think, are sending very mixed messages, and that emits weakness to people like this. And that's why uh, I think they're going to continue to test him, and that's why I think we're in a really difficult phase right now. This is really, really tenuous. And they may feel like, okay, well, we now have to respond. They threatened us. Now we're going to go back. I mean, it could, this could be the beginning of a big back and forth and uh, something that widens the war, which is a really serious thing, which is this, this, uh, this could be a, uh, a historic night where things change dramatically in this war here in the Middle East. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
And, of course, tonight some very, very big news as U.S. planes have conducted airstrikes in Syria on locations tied to Iranian proxy groups, tied to the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Uh, What I will say is that I'm happy to see President Biden at least signing off and agreeing to do something tough on Iran uh, because we haven't seen him do anything like that in a long, 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 long time, if ever. Uh, he has been so soft on Iran. He's been appeasing them. Uh, he was ready to hand over the $6 billion that were about to be unfrozen. So he has not said, let's enforce the sanctions on their oil. Their oil revenues are $2 billion a week. All of that is funding the war machine. Uh, where they're funding these proxy groups all over the world that are not just hitting U.S. bases, but they're also clearly supporting Hamas. And we saw the brutality of Hamas, of what they did to the Israelis on October 7th, uh, the slaughter and the butchery. I mean, this is what they're supporting. They're supporting terrorism around the globe. Hezbollah in the north, too, as well, of Israel. So Iran has clearly been a bad actor and the mastermind uh, and the head of the snake on terrorism really throughout the world. And I'm glad that at least the U.S. military uh, sent a message to them, don't mess with America. The problem is this president is certainly sending mixed messages because, boy, has he been soft on Iran. Boy, has he been coddling to Iran, and not just in verbiage, but in actions as well. So now that he has taken this move and signed off on these strikes, Uh, It'll be interesting to see what Iran does, because Iran seems to think that this president, that this White House is a pushover. And a lot of the actions that this president has done uh, pretty much have reinforced that. So they may not take these strikes seriously from America. They may try to test America and go after a U.S. base again in the Mideast. Uh, They may just sit back for a little bit or they may take even much more aggressive action. Clearly, weakness begets these attacks, this aggression. Clearly, they felt that President Trump uh, was a much stronger leader and they were a little scared of him. Look what he did with Soleimani. He took out Soleimani, Uh, did some very dramatic actions. And Iran was worried. What is that White House going to do under President Trump. I don't see them worrying about President Biden, even after this strike that just occurred with the U.S. military hitting these two locations. And that saddens me as an American, uh, because I would like these dictators and these evildoers around the world to fear America, to fear American military might, which I still believe is the best in the world. Uh, but you also have to have a leader who knows when to use it, or at least knows how to talk tough to hopefully avert any military action and take actions even prior to so we would not even maybe have to have done a strike. Uh, There's so many things that even up to this moment where he has been so soft all week long when they've said, oh, what do you think about Iran? What's your message? Don't. Uh, That's not very threatening. That doesn't send a message of confidence, and that doesn't send a message of conviction to these people who wish us ill around the globe. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. Uh, BJ, what do you think tonight? 
Hey, Rita, thanks for having me on. Well, you know, again, this you you've kind of outlined it. Two very distinct styles of leadership. We had President Trump who understood that you're never ever ever going to uh, bring these rogue nation states into the fold. They hate America. They hate the West. They want nothing to do with Israel. And when Israel's wiped out, they'll come after America. It, Trump understood this, but he, he made it very clear, uh, even uh, uh, with the withdrawal from Iraq, uh, from Afghanistan, he texted the picture of where these guys live. Okay, you have mission creep, you have catch up, you have nothing that's Gonna, we're going to be able to feel safe and secure about. You are absolutely right, BJ. Uh, you know, and right now you don't know what how they're going to handle it. And I'm not confident this president can handle what could be coming. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great military and their families. A beautiful story coming from Knox County, Tennessee, where several East Tennessee female veterans were honored with quilts of valor. The ceremony honored 30 female veterans all across all the different military branches and one of them was veteran Leslie Phillips. She received her quilt of valor just a few days ago, nearly 50 years after serving in the U.S. Air Force. She said, this is one of the best days of my life. Last year, I got to go on the honor flight to Washington, D.C. It was an all-women flight, and that was probably the best day. And this is right up there with it. This is a day I will never, ever forget. How beautiful to see these female veterans honored for their great service to our country. Well, the U.S. military, as you know from tonight's show, big news coming out because the U.S. military has now conducted airstrikes in Syria. U.S. warplanes hit Iranian proxy forces, uh, the same ones that have been hitting U.S. bases the past week. And we are uh, being told in the last little bit the strikes were on weapons and ammo storage facilities. What does this mean, first of all, vis-a-vis U.S. and Iran? Because this president has been very weak on Iran up until this moment. What message will Iran get from this? And what response could they do? Joining us now is Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He is a U.S. Army retired DOD intel officer, also the president of Project Sentinel and the London Center for Policy Research. Uh, Colonel Schaefer, uh, thank you so much for joining us with this big breaking news. Your reaction to what happened tonight, it kind of came out of the blue. Well, uh, if you listen carefully, Pat Ryder, General Ryder, back last Thursday said that an event like this would come at our choosing. And uh, I know Pat, I thought it was a very good press conference. I think he laid it out in a very subtle way, but he did kind of telegraph this was coming. Now, um, I think it's long overdue. Uh, you know, according to Pat and his numbers, I, I tend to believe they're correct. I know Pat personally. I, I don't think he'd be deceiving anybody on this. There's been uh, 12 strikes uh, by these Iranian militia on a variety of U.S. positions in the Middle East. Uh, I think there was a total of 21 service members injured. They've been using a, a combination of direct fire and drones to inflict these things. And um 
one of the things a lot of us have been saying, my, my friend, uh, General, General Blaine Holt and I have talked about this in a number of, uh, of interviews, it's long overdue. Uh, the moment Iran started essentially trying to bully the United States and our interests, um, I think it was time to start taking action. Frankly, I'm not sure if this is enough. Uh, the idea of a, a surgical strike only on weapons that have been used may not send the right message because it's simply going to lead to an escalation by the Iranians. Uh, I'm a believer if you're going to, if once you start using military force, Rita, you got to use it to end it. I don't think this is going to be sufficient to end the threat from the Iranians. The Iranians have been even uh, speaking in very bellicose terms in front of the UN basically threatening the United States, saying that if we support the Israelis in their effort to go into to, uh, to Gaza, we would suffer consequences. So to me, it's a direct threat. The moment they make the threat, then I think we have to look at uh, more severe action than what we have. Yeah, what would you have done? And, and I agree with you, Tony. It's like too little, too late. Um, I mean, yeah. and, and it comes after uh, years, decades, really, if you go back to, you know, Obama-Biden, um Literally, we could say it's been it's been so many years where the Obama Biden policies have been appeasing and carry. Right. Um, and, oh, and 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 think about how soft they have been. And now suddenly this it's like what you know, I, I, I said it's kind of like Sybil almost like, you know, if I were in Iran, I would I don't know if I would take this president seriously. He was ready to hand over six billion dollars recently. Well, that's the issue. Um I, I have confidence that the military can do these sorts of things. I think they could do more, but I don't have confidence in, in, the, in the political leadership. And and that's what the Iranians have been banking on, is the fact that Biden would continue to be weak. And I, again, I, I don't think they've gone far enough. If you're going to do this, you have to – there's that scene in Apocalypse Now, never get off the boat unless you're going to go all the way. And they ain't going all the way. So what I would do in this situation, I would examine the Persian Gulf. One of the things we do know, Rita, is the Iranian uh, regime is profiting greatly off of oil sales. Right now, oil is very profitable. They've made $30 billion over the past year in illegal oil sales. There's supposed to be an embargo against it, but, you know, our friends, the Chinese and other nations continue to sell it. Heck, they send it to India and they resell it to us, pretending it's Indian oil. So these things we know. And yet the Biden administration goes along with it. So you, you cannot simply do a pinprick strike and think the Iranians are going to pay attention. They're not. And so the other thing I would do besides the Persian Gulf is simply open our oil industry, drop the price of, of gas to $1.50 a, a, a gallon, just take the bottom out of the market so the Iranians really will feel the pain of not having income coming in. These are the big things we could do that wouldn't hurt. As a matter of fact, they would actually benefit the American people. They would hurt Putin as well because you want to defund his war. But again, because the Biden administration is not willing to do the hard things necessary to defeat our enemies, I fear that this is only a, 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 a military virtue signal with no real uh, policy behind it. And, you know, to your point, he's been getting a lot of heat, uh, President Biden, over not doing anything with Iran. And especially in the last, you know, week and a half, there's been all these attacks on these U.S. bases where there's been a number of soldiers who have been injured. Uh, thank goodness no one has been killed, but they continue to do it. And even you could see the mood in the White House has turned because they have been asking, hey, what are you going to do? Aren't you going to do so? Well, if they do something, maybe we will. And they never did anything. It makes you wonder how much of this is, to your point, virtue signaling and just all politics and just a little tiny prick uh, to Iran. And boy, uh, it may uh, it may unleash uh, the giant. Well, they keep saying, to your point, Rita, 
Well, we don't really have any proof the Iranians were supporting Hamas directly. Well, they still make all these excuses. And again, even in this airstrike in the public comments by Secretary of Defense Austin, it's simply going after militia that support the Iranians. They're not even even now speaking directly about the fact that, again, the Iranian leadership has threatened the United States. Uh, They've been engaged in combat operations against us since I engaged, you know, in 2003. They were funding the insurgency against us in Afghanistan. So, uh, you know, enough's enough as far as I'm concerned. Well, I don't think we should go about trying to invade uh, Iraq or, or, I mean, I'm sorry, Iran or go about trying to do something where we have to have a land army on the ground. There's a number of things we can be very effective in reminding the Iranians that they have to uh, discontinue their attacks on U.S. forces. And most importantly, at this point, allow the uh, Israelis to go do what they have to regarding Hamas in Gaza. What kind of response, uh, Colonel Schaefer, do you think now could happen uh, from Syria? Just sort of reading the tea leaves, and I should say Iran, uh, because yeah. they're the ones with the, the proxies there that have been hitting us. What do you anticipate that Iran may do uh, vis-a-vis uh, one of these maybe proxy groups, Hamas, maybe Hezbollah? Could there be something that they do something into Israel or to a U.S. base? The Israelis have already been doing some airstrikes on uh, Hezbollah and in Syria. They've actually hit some airstrips there. So this was actually 10 days ago they started this. So I think the Israelis have already said they're going to put up a fight and be very effective. The question becomes, Rita, what does the Iranian leadership believe we're willing to do? If they think that this this, uh, response is weak, then you can see an increase uh, in attacks on our positions in uh, Syria and 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 uh, that region it would become more severe. And frankly, I think they may even consider doing something here in the United States. Remember, we have a completely open border. And uh, I and others have argued, and I do believe you have sleeper cells here from the Iranians. The Iranians have conducted assassinations on U.S. soil before. So I don't believe for a minute that uh, if if um, they believe uh, in their minds, that is the Iranian minds, that eh, this is no big deal we can escalate, I think you could well see, and they have threatened to do more against U.S. interests globally. So I would see an increase in terror attacks against us globally if they don't find this response from Biden sufficient. Wow. Um, That is really scary. And, you know, Tony, I agree because our border is so porous. It's so open. There are undoubtedly, I'm sure, sleeper cells that are in this country with that wide open border. Look how many people are on the terror watch list. It's 169 just this fiscal year, 7,000 times what it's been yep. in the past. I mean, you know all too well, Tony. And, and yet, um, you know, they, they don't even talk about closing the border in the middle of all this. So it's like, how can you be taken seriously, uh, from, from a monster like Iran, uh, that's bent right. on, you know, uh, on death and destruction and you do a little pin, pr- you know, it, it, I am very worried about something happening here. Well, I think. A lot of us are because the Iranians have not shown any interest in trying to ratchet down. One of the things that's been underreported on, in U.S. media is the fact that, that Iran leadership have been out meeting with these uh, militias. That is to say, Rita, that they have gone out, the, the Iranian leadership. Well, you know, I don't think we necessarily know what was going on in those meetings. It's very clear that the Iranians are doing something to prompt and and, and, and put up these groups to be prepared to do something. So I don't believe for a minute that that's just, oh, we're just out visiting our friends in the desert. I think it means that they're prepared to do something more. So again, we'll have to see 
if this uh, initial strike gets their attention and decide to back off, or they say they think that this is just a, a knee-jerk response by Biden having to do something with no real strategy behind it. That's that's the big question. Well, wow, we will see what happens next. This is really uh, powerful, serious stuff. Uh, Colonel Tony Schaefer, we love you. We appreciate you so much. And thank you so much for joining us on this big news night with this big development. Great. Thank you, Rita. Thank you very much. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, former DOD Intel officer and also president of Project Sentinel. What are your thoughts, everybody? Uh, You just heard what Tony said. This is a very, very concerning and difficult time in the world. And what will happen now? What will Iran do? As a response now, will they take this seriously and back off? Uh, As Tony said, I have a lot of faith in the U.S. military. I don't have a lot of faith in this White House. And that is a sad, sad testament to where we are, I think, right now, because we could have been enforcing those oil sanctions. Uh, We could have done some other things that would have dramatically cut off their financing so they wouldn't be able to fund Hamas and Hezbollah and the Houthis and all these others around the globe. Uh, But here we are, and we are with President Biden in the White House. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joanne, uh, line two. Joanne, your thoughts. Wonderful. Thank you, Rita. I'll try to make it real brief. Um, I... I tell you the truth, you know, we're all saying uh, Biden, Biden, and we, unless we know, and we know Biden and his, uh, just everything bad about him. I mean, he, he's in, I hate to say empty shell, but I'm going to say it. Okay, because we know it. Um, don't you think, though, uh, or where do, where do you think Obama fits into this? I think that most of it is Obama. And you have a person there that hates America. He's made it known. His wife has made it known. So I really think most of it's coming from him. Not not from I don't even think that um, Biden can think of these things himself to do. So that's what. OK, so now it, it, let's just assume that I'm right for a minute. What do you think of that now? What do you think we do next? Yeah, well, you know what? If Actually, fact, it is him. Joanne, I, I agree that I think Obama and many of the same Obama, at least administration, a lot of them are in this administration. That's why I kind of call it Obama part three. Uh, you know, the two years of uh, the two terms of Obama. And here's the next one. And look, they got John Kerry. Uh, you know, who has been very appeasing to Iran. Uh, they've had a number of people at the White House and State Department who've been blatantly appeasing to Iran. And this president has been, too. They've been so desperate to get this nuclear deal. And what do we got? Uh, you know, we got uh, the image of weakness around the world. Um, so I think to your point, I agree. I think he's carrying on the same policies. And I think Obama is obviously having influence and and talking to him as well. But I also do think I think what Tony also hit it. Uh, that this is a little bit of virtue signaling, because I think this moment right now, he has been getting hammered, uh, President Biden, in the White House. Uh, there's been a lot of people, I'm talking about the press, um, and a number of others. You just see out there all the reports, well, look, all these attacks on U.S. bases, and you're not doing anything. Um, so this may just be, oh, look, I did something. Uh, I struck there. I'm not afraid to strike. Uh, now I did it, and now he's going to kind of go back to the same old Biden And it's also, you know, if you allow a bully to keep punching you over and over and over again, you don't even enforce sanctions. That's one of the easiest things in the book. Uh, Didn't even do that. Uh, The war machine is still getting funded. And we could make the case, Joanne, if you if you go back, you look at what's going on with Ukraine. 
we are continuing. We're not enforcing the sanctions on Russia. You know who's selling so much oil? Russia and China. And China's buying it from both of them, from, you know, Iran and Russia. But both Russia and Iran are selling so much oil. We're not enforcing the sanctions. And guess what? They're using the revenues that I mentioned, Iran making $2 billion a week on this. If we had enforced it, they wouldn't have had any money to launch these things. So, you know, I don't think they're going to be intimidated. And in fact, I actually think they may now do something a dramatic in return, which is what Tony Schaefer just talked about, too. Uh, Colonel Schaefer, I think, was spot on. I think, sadly, they may now do something much more serious in return to us to show that they're the ones in the lead because they just don't believe that this president has a spine. And they probably think, like we do, that this was virtue signaling. And that's really sad. Uh, I wish I felt differently. Uh, because I love this country and I want America to always look its best and to look like the strongest military and the best in the world. And we are. Uh, but you got to have leadership that has a spine. And I'm not convinced that this president has one. And just to do a temporary one tonight does not send a message. And it's way too little. It's way too late. And we are in such a dangerous place. And that's almost the same thing with Ukraine. You know, oh, if it's a minor incursion and then suddenly got off his butt and said, oh, maybe we got to do something here. Way too little, way too late. And here we are again. Sometimes strength scares the bad guys from not crossing the line. And the line has been crossed. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue, everybody, with your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. Wow. Big news tonight. Again, aggressive action taken by the Biden administration, striking multiple facilities tied to the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps in Syria. So now the big question is, what will be the response from Syria? Uh, what will be the response from Iran, of course, because it was their groups? What will be the response from some of their proxy groups like Hezbollah? What will be the response from Hamas that is in Gaza? This also comes, by the way, some really scary news today that in Gaza, they have not been allowing anybody to leave the southern border. It borders with Egypt and they are not allowing them to go. Apparently there are armed Hamas guards that are standing there, not allowing anybody to leave, including Americans. And there's Americans, you know, that live in Gaza, uh, that are maybe dual citizens or Americans solely, uh, but that are living there along with obviously many, many others. But they are there and they're not allowing anybody to leave. That is absolutely scary. This also comes as Iran put out the word saying that they would like some of the hostages from Hamas in Gaza brought to Iran. That is also really scary stuff. Because what are they planning on doing? Parading them? Think about what was going on in the 1970s and when they were parading all of the American hostages for so many, many days. Uh, what does Iran want them? They understand that they're a value to America, and that is really scary stuff. And now we're getting word again 
of these U.S. airstrikes on Iranian proxy locations there in Syria. Uh, the stakes are very, very high tonight. Uh, let's go to Joaquin, line four. Joaquin, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I, I hate to be a pessimist, but unfortunately, the old Biden administration has really weakened this country badly. And as uh, the colonel had pointed out, you know, we, we stopped producing oil or, or our reserves down to, from what I heard, about 17 days, our military has actually been weakened by their policies, and they've been more interested in going woke than anything else. And uh, so I think the Iranians are really emboldened. And uh, so I don't know. I hope that we're not being pulled into something that we're not going to be able to handle. Yeah. By the way, that is what I'm worried, too. I mean, I'm happy uh, that there was a show of force. But again, it's way too little. It's also way, way, way too late um, and delayed weakness. And then suddenly uh, a burst of strength doesn't make up for the decades of weakness that Biden has had with Iran. That's what's scary. We're going to continue coverage tonight, uh, tomorrow, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.